Welcome to the Eric Metaxas Show. I shouldn't tell you this, but Eric hired someone who sounds just like him to host today's show. But since I'm the announcer, they told me, so I'm telling you, don't be fooled. The real Eric's in jail. Hey there, folks. Welcome to the program. I have as my guest this week and every week, the great John Zmirak. John Zmirak. Uh, thanks for everything you write and for being a regular guest, the only regular guest that I have on this program, certainly the only guest that I have every week. You've written an article. Most of your stuff appears at the stream, stream.org. Uh, and I, I say over and over and over again, homework for people who listen to this program. You need to go to stream.org, print out John's articles, uh, leave them around the food court at the mall, get your homeschool kids to read them. Uh, send them, and, and I'm, I'm quite serious, you need to send these articles to people, post them on social media, because they're, they're not just um, vital information on how to process what's happening to us uh, in this country and around the world, but they are usually extremely well-written, always extremely well-written, and often brilliantly funny. John, you wrote an article, I couldn't wait to talk to you about this. The title of it is Trump and legal team indicted for witchcraft, heresy, and Sabbath breaking. Um, a yeah, lot of us are these struggling. Charges to- are not often brought in federal court. These right. are usually state charges. Uh, Thank you. Heresies. Thank you for your sarcasm. It's such a level of sarcasm that only dogs can hear it. Uh, <laughs> it is really kind of an amazing level of sarcasm, but I, again, I mean, I've talked about this earlier in the week. What they're doing to Trump, ladies and gentlemen, ought to be sobering for everybody. Naomi Wolf, who is no fan of Donald Trump, uh, wrote a piece on her Substack that I posted on Twitter. And by the way, I hope you follow me on Twitter or I hope you're on Twitter just to follow me because I'm reposting John's articles and a lot of other stuff that you're not going to see anywhere else. Um, But she wrote an article very, very wisely saying, listen, you don't need to be a fan of Donald Trump. What they're doing to him ought to scare you because it is unprecedented and it is eroding uh, what liberties we have in this nation. So it's 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 hard for a lot of us to process that this could happen in America. So, John, thank you for taking on the subject in you know, your article. Um, it's hard to know where to attack this, but first let me tell you, stuff like this has happened in America before. President Woodrow Wilson imprisoned Eugene Debs, the leading critic of American involvement in World War I, put him in prison for years for violating the Sed- a Sedition Act. He languished in prison for years as if he were a German spy for simply saying he didn't think Americans should be drafted to go fight in World War One, which Woodrow Wilson had run for president promising to keep us out of. So this kind of abuse has happened before, and no surprise, under a Democrat president who was called a progressive. Well, let's be clear. As evil as that is, um, as evil as that was, and as comforting as it is to think that we have been there before, the idea that they're doing this to a man that was at least once elected by the American voter to lead the country and that was probably elected twice and is beloved by scores of millions in this country 
it is a chilling thing that things have become so politicized that that they would do this. And, and you know, the charges, I mean, you're mocking it in your article at stream.org uh, by saying he's indicted for witchcraft, heresy and Sabbath breaking. But, yeah, but it might as well that. be that. No, let's get into that. OK, well, first, I want to ask a question and see if you have an answer to this. When Kamala Harris went on television and said that the George Floyd riots wouldn't stop and she thought they shouldn't stop. And when she put up bail for people arrested for arson in those riots, why was she not charged by a federal prosecutor for inciting insurrection? There's there's an answer. Do you know what the answer is, Eric? Um, answer. She's a, she's a light skinned pseudo black woman. No, no, no. The First Amendment to the Constitution. Of the oh, United oh, of the America. First Amendment. I forgot that that's still in effect. I'm sorry, John. Yes. I, well, I, I, I take back Amendment, my previous answer. Yeah. Well, it, it still applies to Democrats. Um, that's the point of a narco tyranny. A narco tyranny is that the whole complex of constitutional and civil rights exists if you're on the side of the people in power. And we have all sorts of laws that can be minutely applied and used to prosecute people, but they will not be used if you're allied to the people in power. They will be used if you oppose the people in power. And excuse me, let me let me uh, clarify. It It doesn't have to do with the color of a person's skin because we know how the left hates Clarence Thomas. Right. And how they hate others. In other words, it has to do with what's in your mind. It has to do with what you believe. And if your beliefs are not consonant with what they believe, they think of you as an enemy and they will come after you. And that's basically why they're going after Donald. So it is it really is the ideology of of the mafia, the ideology of of a Latin American drug cartel. If you are on our side, we will protect you will go a long way to protect you, like they protected Jesse Smollett. At some point, we might throw you under the bus, like Michael Avenatti, because we don't need you anymore. But you can get away with a lot if you're doing it on behalf of the Biden regime. Uh, and if you're doing it on behalf of the deep state. On the other, you can burn down cities. Uh, the rioters who attacked various cities across America are winning legal judgments against the police. Because they roughed them up a little trying to get them to stop burning the city down. Meanwhile, they tried to send Kyle Rittenhouse to prison for life for first degree murder for defending himself. They hounded Jake Gardner, an American combat hero, to suicide for defending himself and his elderly father from rioters attacking their business. You don't matter. Your Republican lives don't matter. Democrat lives matter. Now, remember, the left doesn't the left really believes with Darwin that no lives matter. OK, ultimately, none of us have any meaning. None of us have any significance. We're just orangutans in pants uh, or in skirts if we're trans. But, <laughs> but we have ch- given that we live in a meaningless universe hurtling towards death and putrefaction. We, we'd rather spend, strut our 70 years with money and power than not. And so it suits us to grant certain protections and certain privileges to those who are courtiers, to our court dwarves, 
uh, like like the media to our court fools like academia. Uh, it's good to be the king. And that silver drool cup sits very nicely on your chin. If you remember that from the Mel Brooks movie, History of the World Part One, he one of the kings has a, a beautiful silver drool cup that catches his drool. I, I, I think there's a lot of competition in the White House to be the one who straps on jo- Joe Biden's drool cup. And that drool cup will someday be in his presidential library, which I predict will be in Las Vegas, Nevada. And it will also be a casino and a bordello. That's a that's a beautiful dream that you have, my friend. I have a dream, too. It's a sarcastic dream, (laughs) but I I mean it anyway. Okay. Okay. listen, before before we really leap into this here, um, uh, because we've got the rest of the hour, I want to remind my listeners, folks, um, we have a campaign with Food for the Poor. We really need your help. Uh, I wouldn't say it if it weren't true. We need your help. They need your help. Food for the poor are heroes. They are great stewards of the money we give them. And so I'm asking you to go to metaxastalk.com, click on the banner, emergency relief supplies. There's a hurricane season coming up right around the corner. It is going to devastate lives. And food for the poor is on the ground. They're ready. They're, we're asking, we're doing this campaign now so that the funds will be in place so that when this happens, which it will, we just don't know the details of which hurricanes will hit which communities, but this happens every year. We really need your help. So eight, uh, you can call uh, 844-863-HOPE, 844-863-HOPE, or you can go to metaxastalk.com. Folks, we're back with John Zmirak. I want to ask you, did you give to food for the poor during the break. Uh, most of you who listen to this program didn't do that yet. We have to raise $40,000. That's our goal. Um, and they come to us uh, every year knowing that we have a generous audience. Uh, I want you to be part of that generous audience. Uh, they really do need your help. You can go to metaxistalk.com. Uh, you can see the banner there. Most people want to do that. Please do that if you didn't do that yet. Metaxistalk.com. Or call 844-863-HOPE, 844-863-HOPE. A handful of you want to text. Uh, If you want to text, text my name, Eric, to 91999. Again, just text Eric to 91999. We're very grateful to you, and I will remind you uh, later in case you haven't had a chance to do it. John Zmirak, we're talking about some important things. Please continue. Yeah, um so the reason Kamala Harris w- should not have been prosecuted for encouraging the George Floyd riots was the First Amendment to the Constitution. As Jonathan Turley, a liberal Democrat academic, and Alan Dershowitz, a left-wing Democrat academic, both pointed out, J- Jack's, Prosecutor Jack Smith's indictment against Donald Trump, not just Donald Trump, but his lawyers and his advisors, my friend Sidney Powell, your friend Rudolph Giuliani, simply for giving him advice and for speaking out on his behalf to claim that there was evidence of election fraud. They are being charged with a crime. As Turley and Dershowitz both pointed out, this is to criminalize speech. This is to criminalize political disagreements. This is like saying 
to a rabbi, you deny the Trinity and the divinity of Christ, you're under arrest. If you can't argue about politics, you can't argue about religion. You, If you can't disagree with the federal government's official position at any given moment, then we are not in the United States of America. We're in North Korea. That's the kind of thing that happens in North Korea that happened in Nazi Germany. In your book, Letter to the American Church, you warn that the nebishy, timid Ned Flanders Christians who occupy the pulpits of too many churches in America are being are they're imitating the German pastors of the 1930s who watched the Nazis turn the most civilized and educated country in Europe into a barbarous nightmare. Um, and that's what's happening here. And and to reinforce the Weimar comparison, you've got people like William Barr, who played a Republican attorney general on television, and Mike Pence supporting the indictment of Donald Trump, supporting the prosecution of the political opposition in our country and his potential imprisonment for arguing about the facts of the certification of a presidential election. I I just have to ask you, because I don't follow this as closely as you you do. Um, I'm not a fan of William Barr. Um, I have been profoundly disappointed uh, in Mike Pence. But is it true that both of them have supported this indictment? I mean, that is a whopping shocker if that is true. William Barr went on CNN saying there is absolutely no constitutional problem with charging President Trump for contesting the election. Uh, Mike Pence's secret diaries that he took during the the, the, pres- the uh, certification, they are somehow in the hands of Jack Smith and they're forming the material for his prosecution. I don't know that he, unless he was subpoenaed and forced to turn them over, then he gave them voluntarily. And Mike Pence has said, has said recently, no person who puts himself above the constitution the way Donald Trump did is fit to be president of the United States. So these are the people who are allegedly on our side. But let's remember George W. Bush, allegedly on our side, compared the January 6th protesters to the 11 hijackers who attacked America on September 11th, whom George W. Bush failed to protect Americans against through his bad immigration enforcement and his lazy response to warnings about Osama bin Laden. These people let us be attacked by our enemies. William Barr did not stop the George Floyd riots, did not stop the deep state from persecuting Christians and pro-lifers and Republicans. He did nothing while in office. He was given the highest law enforcement job in the land. We see from Merrick Garland how much power an attorney general has. What did William Barr do? He went on Sean Hannity. He went on Laura Ingram and he talked and he talked and he talked. These people, the bars and the pences of this world, let's remember six years ago, they were the kind of people warning us, Donald Trump poses a deep threat to the civic norms and institutions and principles of America and the principles of conservatism. Now they're okay with the Democrats criminalizing free speech. These people, if they ever really cared about the principles they're talking about, they long ago threw them over the side because they 
are as they are as angry at Trump supporters and populist conservatives as any Democrat is. The Democrats hate us because we interfered with their project of making Barack Obama president for life, as if he were the first strongman elected in some colony when the British left. He gets to sit on a peacock uh, seat on the throne surrounded by peacock feathers. President for life. Uh, Of course, Obama couldn't just go on being president because, you know, the Constitution, which was written by slave owners, slave owners, Constitution, 1619, man. It's all a conspiracy of slave owners. The United States, even though every other country in the world had slavery, too, the United States is uniquely a slave-owning conspiracy, unlike all those Arab and Muslim and African countries that had slavery. It's different when Americans do it. It's and, and some of which still do today right. while we're having this conversation so, on the air. Obama's people were still honeycombing the deep state. And the idea was they would continue to run things even with Hillary as president. Well, they continue to run things even with Trump as president. And they concocted fake treason investigations, the Russia collusion, they went after people like Roger Stone and Paul Manafort. They continued to operate as if the 2016 election had never happened. And they tr- they treated the 2016 election where the people said no to a one-man post-colonial dictatorship, where the people said, no, we don't think we want to be run by the Obama administration for the next 50 years. Uh, that was the American people stabbing our elites in the back. The way Hitler thought the German people had stabbed the army in the back in 1918, our elites think we stabbed them in the back. And so they started talking about us as traitors, as colluders with Russia. They claimed that Putin had, had rigged the ballot boxes in 2016. They made all these outrageous false claims about the election. The way they're saying Trump is make made false claims. But they knew they weren't going to be prosecuted for that because we have a constitution. But the constitution doesn't apply to traitors who stab America in the back and collude with Russia and act like terrorists by taking selfies at the Capitol on January 6th. Do you get the idea? Well, the Republican establishment hates you and me and Donald Trump as much as the Democrats do because we tried to take away their their control of the apparatus of the Republican Party, which raises money, creates cushy jobs, helps them have careers and feel important while accomplishing nothing. Uh, if you remember the movie Office Space, there's this nebbishy guy who he's he's attached to his little red swing line stapler. And when they finally take his swing line stapler away, he sets the building on fire. The Republican establishment is willing to burn America down rather than Donald Trump take control, keep control of the Republican Party. They would rather steer the Titanic into the iceberg than let Donald Trump sit at the captain's table. That's that's a fact, folks. That is a fact. And I've seen this over and over again. People uh, hate him so much. It really is irrational. We have to be clear. You can disagree with him. You can dislike him. You can even hate aspects of him. But people don't seem to be able to think rationally and think, what are our alternatives? Uh, What did he do that I would agree with? Eric, I need to illustrate this point. Rick Wilson, leader of the Lincoln Project, supposedly principled conservative intellectuals, he said the following on Twitter. 
We're coming after you, Trump. We're going to break you, humiliate you, defeat you at the ballot box, shatter your movement. You'll spend your last sorry years weeping in a lonely prison cell. Your hideous legacy, a warning to future generations, your shame eternal. That's the kind of crazy talk that should get you investigated by the FBI, but won't. We, um... We're talking to John Zmirak. Uh, I need you to give to Food for the Poor. When we come back, I hope you will have done that. You can text Eric to 91999. Or right now, you can call 844-863-HOPE, 844-863-HOPE. I hope you'll do that. God bless you as you give. Just like me, he would do anything just to keep his girl. Yeah, just a little Folks, I'm talking to John Zmirak. Have you given to Food for the Poor? I have to ask you because we are way, way, way below uh, reaching our goal and we need you uh, to step up. So I will keep reminding you, you can text Eric to 91999. You can call 844-863-HOPE. You can go to metaxastalk.com. John, you just brought up uh, Rick Wilson, who was the head of the Lincoln Project. The Lincoln Project was a, a group of very, very bitter, vicious, never Trumpers. Um, but that whole Lincoln group fell apart because of pedophilia. Yeah, you know, there were some interns. They were underage. These things happen, right? Hey, but we're- Child rape is a reality. We all have to live with it, man. Yeah, yeah, well. I mean, we're not joking. This is why the Lincoln Project, these never Trumpers headed up by Rick Wilson, whom you just were quoting, it's it's why they disbanded. Well, they haven't disbanded, but they fired the pedophiles that they knew about. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's yeah. a step in the right direction. Firing the pedophiles. Yes, yeah. yeah. at least the ones who've been who've been outed. Well, just but just to get back, you 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 mentioned what Rick Wilson said and the viciousness. This is a subject here. The viciousness of those who hate Trump is fascinating to me. But it's not just Trump. These same people were saying, I hope you die of COVID when you and I wouldn't get the dead baby vaccine. When we didn't want our churches closed, they called our religious services super spreader events while while allowing George Floyd riots, because at least those people were gathering to burn down, burn cop cars and set fire to public federal courthouses. We were just trying to pray to God. So obviously we were posing a threat. Do you remember uh, who was that wonderful black businessman who ran for president who died d- in 20 in 2020? He 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 had used to run the pizza the pizza business. Uh, he had run for president in 20 in 20. I know his name's slipping my mind. I hate to say to because he, he was a, he was a really good man. He died of covid after going to a Trump event and people were jumping up and down and joking about the death of an elderly black businessman because he had gone to a Trump event. So he therefore deserved it. People gloat when Jake Gardner, combat hero, was driven to suicide with fake charges of racist murder. uh, A Democrat state senator in, in Nebraska went on Twitter and celebrated his death, gloated about it. People were fantasizing on Twitter about Kyle Rittenhouse being raped in prison. They hate us. They hate us the way 
the mob hated Jesus on Good Friday. They are mocking us the way the Roman soldiers mocked our Lord. So in that sense, we are because we are fighting for unborn children and American liberty and freedom of religion. We are suffering for the kingdom. So this is we are blessed in a sense because we are being hated, not because of Donald Trump as a person, not because of his many flaws and his many mistakes. We're being hated for the good things about him, for him defending our Constitution. We're being hated for him appointing pro-life justices to the Supreme Court. Remember the, the murder attempts on Brett Kavanaugh? Um, these people have the rage and the bloodlust that we saw in the Nazi mobs that attacked synagogues on Kristallnacht, in the Bolshevik mobs that and tore down churches and murdered priests and nuns during the French Revolution, during the Russian Revolution. This kind of demonic hatred, which was directed at J.K. Rowling for saying that women actually exist. There is a fanatical hatred abroad in the land, and it's not just among Democrats. Uh, the Democrats wanted a one-party state. The Republican establishment wants to be the Washington generals who go out and lose gracefully to the Harlem Globetrotters every single night. Donald Trump joined the Washington generals, scored a bunch of points, and they won. And that threatens their job as designated losers. The Republican establishment. That's a, it's a brilliant. You've said this before, but that is a very brilliant analogy. When that because actually happened, once the Washington generals did win. And there was almost a riot. The audience it's, went crazy and threatened to attack the Washington generals for daring to beat the Globetrotters. And it never happened again. That was the 2016 election, my friends. Well, I want to say that, you know, when we think about uh, the GOP and you, you've been ahead of this for, for decades, but there were people that I once openly uh, admired, whether it's George W. Bush or John McCain, people that I thought were on our team and I now see that those people were like the Washington generals. They were playing the game. They didn't actually want to win. These are the people. And it's it was their elect- job not to win. It was their job not to win. Just well, as the- it was John McCain's job to lose to Obama. And he did it well. In the in the last um, chapter of my book, Letter to the American Church, I talk about Ronald Reagan uh, saying, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall and how Reagan actually wanted to win the Cold War. And everybody in what we now call the deep state, everybody in the establishment from Colin Powell uh, to Howard Baker, all of them said, oh, Mr. President, you can't say that. They wanted, quote unquote, detente. They wanted to continue this wicked, wicked, evil empire. They wanted to continue playing patty cake with the devil in the form of the former Soviet Union. They didn't want actually to win. And every now and again, somebody rises up and we remember how Reagan was hated because they actually want to fight against evil. They don't want to play with evil. Uh, We're talking to John Zmirak. We've got two more segments coming up. Got to remind you. Please go to metaxastalk.com. We really need your help, folks. Uh, I wouldn't say it if we didn't. We need your help. Food for the poor. Go to metaxastalk.com. Give what you can and thank you.
Welcome back. Talking to John Zmirak. John, it's it's um, very disheartening, but something we have to face that many people on the GOP side really don't care about what is true or right or good. We've given them our votes. Many of us have over the years. And I think uh, a number of Americans are waking up and realizing that, you know, the Paul Ryans of the world, the Mitt Romneys of the world, they were playing a game. They didn't really, really care about you or me or about my parents or about the people that that vote. They didn't they didn't really care. They were playing a game. I want you to remember John McCain's funeral. John McCain, who served heroically in Vietnam, was captured, was tortured, did propaganda broadcasts for the Vietnamese, unlike Jeremiah Denton, who was tortured and didn't. But John McCain basically acquitted himself well over there uh, and came back over here and became a fanatical warmonger and in the pocket of the military-industrial complex. John McCain strongly supported our stupid war in Iraq. He wanted another stupid war with Syria. He went over and met with the so-called moderate rebels in Syria and certified that they were indeed moderate and they were good people. And we soon found out they were Al-Qaeda, the same organization that attacked New York on September 11th. They were Al-Qaeda. Those are the people John McCain wanted the U.S., to shoot down Russian planes to to help to take over Syria, which would have led to the genocide of a million Christians in Syria, just as it had the Iraq war led to the genocide of almost a million Christians in Iraq. John McCain didn't care. John McCain liked war. He liked war for its own sake. John McCain's funeral gathered all the worst people in America. Donald Trump was pointedly disinvited and what a what an honor that was. That's like a Congressional Medal of Honor at that funeral. You know, as they entombed McCain in that enormous pyramid on the National Mall with 100 horses and 100 slaves, uh, as they as they put his mummy into the into the pyramid. OK, I was kidding about that part. I have to say, because, you know, it could be true. I don't want people going to Washington, D.C. to look for the John McCain pyramid. You it might be disappointed. Been, you it might has be disappointed. not been built yet. Right. Yet. Give it give them time. Uh, but really, you we do have video of George W. Bush holding hands and smooching with Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama, who, along with Barack Obama, spent 20 more than 20 years going to the Marxist church of the Black Liberation Movement run by Jeremiah Wright, who, whose sermon include, invoked, said, God damn America over and over again. This is the pastor who told Obama how he could call himself a Christian, who married Michelle and Barack Obama, and who baptized their children. So George W. Bush is smoochy smoochy with Michelle Obama, who said she was never proud to be an American until the day her husband was elected. So George W. Bush is willing to smoochy smooch with radical leftist black fanatics who hate the American founding and hate us. But he calls the January 6th peaceful protesters the equivalent of the 9-11 hijackers, which tells me that on January 6th, George W. Bush was reading My Pet Goat and hiding in an undisclosed location. Well, listen, uh, again, when you bring this up, right, that you see when when I saw um, innumerable examples of 
George W. Bush and his father hanging around, uh, hanging around, uh, really celebrating life with Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, with Barack Obama and Michelle Obama. These people, I mean, you think that, you know, if you really had any principles, you wouldn't do that. Um, You just wouldn't do that. But it became clear uh, that these people are part of a uniparty. Now, the generous way to look at it would be to say that, you know, we've had presidents in the past that we don't agree with. And I mean, I was happy to meet Jimmy Carter when I had the opportunity uh, to meet Jimmy Carter, because I don't think of him as an evil person. But um, the fact of the matter is that Jimmy Carter, just to show you that he was a fundamentally decent person. Where did I meet Jimmy Carter? In the church on the morning of the inauguration of Donald Trump. Jimmy Carter, on principle, because it was we the people had elected Donald Trump, showed up at the church service right across from the White House, and that's where I met him. So there is something to be said. Whereas the Bushes, of a bipartisanship, but we're not talking about that. Because the Bushes didn't go hang out with Donald Trump while he was president. They didn't even they didn't attend the convention. They didn't vote for him. That's and the they point. Wouldn't, they wouldn't associate with him because Donald Trump represented the people, the rebellious people, the peasants, the sweaty, unwashed multitude, the people who go to Waffle House. That's a bridge too far. You can hang out with Marxists whose best friends, like Bill Ayers, were actual communist terrorists. You can hang out with them. But Waffle House, that crosses a line which we which is a bright red line in the sand because it's a line of class. It's a John, social class. Look, you and I saw this uh, for the first time, I think, when we went to Yale, because both of us come from working class backgrounds. And when you come from working class background, you go to a place like Yale, you realize these people are different. Um, I uh, drifted along trying to be accepted by these people and it took me many, many years really to wake up to what you were awake to when you arrived on the campus. But the fact is that these cultural elites sneer at middle America. And I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, George Washington and Abraham Lincoln did not sneer at middle America. Uh, They didn't sneer at the people uh, who, who, who are called Americans. And we are now dealing with cultural elites who are, are so anti-American that they are now at war with we the people. That's what we're talking about. We've just never seen it this way before. It's it's really vivid. And again, I have a lot of criticisms of Donald Trump. I'm torn between him and DeSantis as to who would be a better president. Uh, but the movement behind Donald Trump is the best thing to come along in America since the civil rights movement. And it's confronting an evil of the same magnitude an entrenched power structure based not on justice, but on hierarchy, on privilege, on wealth, on disenfranchisement of the majority, on lies propagated by people in power. Remember what they did to us during COVID. And part of my criticism of Trump is that he went along with this. Let's let's uh, come back on that issue, talking to John Zmirak. I was lost in 
John's Mirak. John, you were just talking about um, Trump. What they did to us during COVID. Yes. And, 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 and how, how Trump, in a sense, uh, Trump foolishly failed. blundered into it. He blundered into the trap. Trump. I, I'm not. But, but I, I have to say at the time, I think we were all confused because we had never had anything like this happen again. And, and he, you know, I mean, a lockdown had never happened before for good reason, because it's stupid. Because it's obviously stupid. They didn't lock us down during the flu epidemic of 1917. The idea of locking us in our homes and closing all our businesses is an absolutely insane idea that violates the Constitution in any number of different ways. But, John, when somebody lies to you, when public health officials lie to you and say, if you don't do this, people are going to die. Then you ask somebody else. There were Peter Peter Navarro was in the White House saying this isn't true. Don't listen to Fauci. Fauci messed up the AIDS epidemic. I'm sorry, but this is not right up really now about Trump. I did an interview with the great Steve Deese, the guy who wrote the Nefarious, the book Nefarious was based on. And I did this at the stream and it's called the article is called Nuremberg Trials for the White Coats Who Goaded the COVID Panic. And in his book, The Fourth Right, The Rise of the Fourth Right, which everybody should read. Steve Deese talks about the incredible violation of our civil liberties, our constitution, our religious freedom that the COVID panic amounted to. Not just the mass murder of elderly people in nursing homes in blue states where they purposely infected them with COVID by dumping COVID patients among the most vulnerable. They closed our schools, they closed our churches, they broke our economy, all of it in order to get Donald Trump out of office, to crash the economy, to make it easy to do election fraud, uh, through lax ballots, voting voting techniques. That's how ruthless our elites are. That's how ruthless they are willing to risk a nuclear war with Russia in order to stoke a national security panic so that they can put Donald Trump and his supporters like Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani in prison. That's what dictators do. They start wars in order to rally the public behind them. It's why Argentina attacked the Falkland Islands. It's it's why countless dictators have attacked neighboring countries just in order to distract the public from the fact that they're running the country into the ground the way Biden and his gang are doing now. And that's why I oppose further U.S. involvement in Ukraine, because anything the Biden regime does is likely to be solely for its own power, to cover up its own bribe, the bribes and the blackmail and extortion it, it did in Ukraine. We've got now uh, Victor Shokin, the prosecutor, who Joe Biden got fired for investigating his, his Burisma, where Hunter Biden was getting paid off to help cover it up. The Democrats are willing to put Rudy Giuliani in prison for for free speech, for using his free speech in order to cover up for Hunter Biden's bribery. It, it just tells you what kind of people they are, because I have to say that uh, the people on on our side, we, we don't do that kind of stuff or we tend not to do it. Uh, and but the, the viciousness on the left in this country is is un, unlike anything we've seen. We're I'm afraid uh, we're at a time, folks. This is my final reminder to you. Uh, that we really need your help with Food for the Poor. Whoever you are, you can give something. You can text $10 to uh, 91999. Text the word Eric to 91999. You can do it right now. Whatever you can give, we really need your help. We're way, way behind uh, where we ought to be at this point in the campaign. This is to help the poorest of the poor. 
Uh, you can go to metaxastalk.com and click on the banner, or you can dial 844-863-HOPE. Most of you have phones, 844-863-HOPE. It would be a wonderful thing if you called 844-863-HOPE, or if you just want to text Eric to 91999. We'd appreciate it. And John Zmerich, we appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Fewer rights and fewer choices about how we live our lives. Freedom in America is shrinking. And according to one expert, the Constitution has effectively been terminated. The power of the federal government is way out of control. The FBI is spying on Americans. Dale Hurd brings us the details in this eye-opening report. When the Iron Curtain fell in 1989, there was a wave of optimism and excitement that freedom had been unleashed. And there would be no going back to totalitarianism. But along the way, something went wrong. Global studies show that for most of the world, freedom has been in decline for many years. Add to that an economy consolidating under larger companies, with consumers seeing their purchasing choices restricted. Small business optimism is now at its lowest point in 10 years. Nearly two in five small businesses could not pay their rent in May. Consumers are having choices taken away from them especially if the product they want runs on fossil fuel, mainly because of those in power supporting the belief in a man-made climate emergency. Energy analyst Dr. Marlo Lewis accuses Washington of trying to regulate the fossil fuel industry out of the economy. This has put a big damper on capital investment in, in oil companies, natural gas companies. Uh, it's also made it very difficult for a coal company in particular, but even for a natural gas company to get a, sub a substantial loan from the banks. Driving energy costs up and the reliability of the nation's power grid down. Christian Civil Liberties attorney John Whitehead takes the radical view that the Constitution has been effectively terminated because so much of it is now regularly ignored. He says the many heavily armed government agencies and local police forces constitute a standing army on U.S. soil, ready to raid homes in violation of the Fourth Amendment, which protects our right to be secure in our persons and property. The IRS has 4,500 guns, 5 million rounds of ammunition. The Veterans Administration has 11 million rounds of ammo. The Department of Health and Human Services, believe it or not, has 4 million rounds of ammo. The Social Security Administration has 800,000 rounds of ammo for their special agents and armors and guns. Even NASA has a SWAT team. Since 1980, SWAT raids have risen from 3,000 a year to 80,000. Why do our police have to have grenade launchers and MRAPs, which are tanks on tires, in communities of 5,000 people? The Fourth Amendment's dead. And the First Amendment, which was intended to protect speech the majority doesn't like, no longer prevents people from being censored, canceled, deplatformed, or even debanked. A Penn State poll showed most Americans believe they've lost more personal freedoms in the past 10 years than they have gained. While another survey found that one-third of Americans think having a strong leader who doesn't have to bother with Congress or elections would be a good system of government. One of the forces behind the fall of the Iron Curtain and a leader of the Czech Velvet Revolution, Yaroslav Flieder, 
told us he never expected the free world to turn out like this and said he's especially upset that many Americans seem okay with a loss of rights when it's used against their political enemies. People whose rights are being you know, removed, they really do not perceive it that way. They sometimes actually think, almost see it like as a benefit, you know, as a beneficial process because sometimes these rights are taken from people they don't like and they applaud it. And I've, in this situation, situations like that, I always tell them, you know, yeah, it might be actually pleasing now. Just wait until you are the object of this process. When your rights are violated and when, when it's going to be done to you, you won't find it as much, you know, fun as, you know, you're finding it now. Dale Hurd joins us now here in the studio. Dale, you presented it in your report. There was great optimism after the Berlin Wall fell and the Soviet Union collapsed. And uh, then within a generation, uh, this, we've arrived at this point. How did that happen? Yeah, I think it shows how wide the chasm is in our society between right and left. And people want to see constitutional violations used against their political opponents, which is a big mistake. But it also begins with the government. Our own government is, is you, trying to and sometimes using constitutional violations. But in terms of the public, it really isn't 50-50. I didn't stress this in my story, but it's primarily Democrats who uh, believe in limits on speech, and they see the Constitution as an impediment to their remaking America in a more liberal image. John Whitehead says, look, uh, the Constitution's dead. Uh, you have the, all these federal agencies now uh, that have either guns or riot gear and so forth. Uh, what do they say when, yeah. when they're asked about that? Why yeah, do they need it? I don't think any of us have heard a good explanation. I mean, how many armed confrontations does Social Security have in a year with people? What I think is the deep state looks out on the country, they see all the armed citizens, and they're thinking, we need to, to somehow balance this. Um, we need to protect government. And, and that's the only explanation I can come up with. And uh, the Czech uh, velvet revolution there. What about the warning that they're giving? I mean, they know firsthand. They've gone through this. What about these warnings? How come we're not heeding these warnings? Does anybody really care? Are we listening? Yeah, again, because I think the chasm is so wide. I mean, we're in, we're at some part of a pre-Civil War phase in this country. I don't know. Maybe we're very far from it. And when we're praying that the Lord will unify this country and bring us together, but the, the division is so wide, what we should be doing, right and left, is we, we should object when constitutional violations are used against our political opponents because the Constitution was essentially created to protect the minority or views we don't like. But we're not seeing that. We're seeing these violations as a, as a great hammer to beat down our political opponents. The left views the Constitution as, as the, what conservatives want to use to, to thwart them. And the left would like, would like the Constitution rewritten or out of the way. Okay, we're very polarized, so how do we come together? Yeah. We need to pray. Yeah. Well, Dale Hurd, that's uh, a good uh, note to end on. Thank you, Dale. What an excellent report. Thank you, Keep Gary. up the good work. We Thank appreciate you. it. Thanks for being with us.